All right, welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, uh, a podcast about the church and for the church from a biblical perspective, from a Christian worldview. And uh, I'm Mike, and uh, Connor is uh, on vacation with his family, and I have a guest with me today, Tanner Lyles, one of our tech directors at Grace Church of Orange, and I had him sit in with me. He's usually behind the camera or behind the microphone, and I surprised him just spur the moment here. I said, hey, by the way, you're going to do this with me. So we've got a podcast that really, you know, uh, is kind of ripped from the headlines, I guess you could say. Uh, it's very timely. Here it is. Uh, we're recording this June 8th, 2022. Why is that important? It's because uh, the topic for today is how should Christians respond to Pride Month? How should Christians respond to Pride Month? And I know we need to ask the question, what has changed? Because this wasn't a thing back uh, not that many years ago. Well, even five years ago, it's, it's, it's the uptick oh, yeah. in the past five years. Well, five years is nothing in the grand scheme of things. I know. I know. So there's thoughts, you know, um, people close to us um, might be identifying or leaning in the way of Pride Month or in the way of LGBTQ plus type of identities. And so there's a lot of thoughts and feelings in this. And it's not like we're, I, I, what I, I want to make sure is that we're not addressing this from a unfeeling or a insensitive platform. I'm addressing this as a, as a pastor elder who deeply loves Christ and the word of God and the church and is really, you know, like most people struggling with how do you shepherd the flock and how do you live navigating things that are clearly unbiblical and things like that. I just... I was um, sharing with a, a small group I was with earlier today that Erdman's, uh, what we would all have considered a Christian publisher, has put out a, um, a list of six books they think we should read for Pride Month. And it's interesting because they said it's all, they're all pro-LGBTQ uh, plus identity and saying it's okay to do that and be a Christian. And that's not where we land uh, because the Bible doesn't land there. And their answer was, you need to listen and learn and then lean in. And the interesting thing is, we do need to listen to people. But when the idea of listening and learning many times is, okay, so you just go ahead and listen and learn and go ahead and accept everything you're hearing without, you know, any kind of uh, truth telling. What I would say is we need to listen and understand so that we're able to lovingly and and appropriately give the truth. And so that's where we're going to come from this time. And I think most, I'm most concerned um, for Christians that get deceived into not discerning between truth and error and somehow go with the false dichotomy between truth and love as if, if I'm loving, I can't speak the truth. They've right? done a, they've done a real good job over the past several years in culture of Fusing the idea that where if you disagree, it's because it's hateful. The mm-hmm. the idea that you can't disagree or say, well, let's pump the brakes for a second. Mm-hmm. I love you to pieces, yeah. but I also don't condone your lifestyle. Somehow that must mean the first half of that statement is now invalid. Right. And they've done such a good job of getting that thought into people's heads. Right. To where Christians who are number one desire is to, right, yeah. love the Lord your God with all your heart, yeah. soul, mind, and strength. Yeah, and then the second commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, we get tripped up. Oh yeah, if we, especially if we don't know better. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. So here's the thing. Uh, well said. Uh, we we want to love all people in context, not condemning. Okay. And a lot of people will say, well, you don't know anyone. Well, I think all of us know and all of us have friends and loved ones that are in the middle of these things or struggling through these things. But we want to love all people and not be condemning. But we want to be truthful and not be condoning or celebrating sin. And so I've got a couple of verses I want to start with. And then we're going to dive in. I've got eight Eight, uh, eight responses that, and I and I just I wrote them down quickly uh, at the end of last week, I believe, and so we'll just roll through them. And I haven't even looked at my notes since last week, yeah. so I think part of that will be this will be really fresh. But Psalm ninety four nineteen says when 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 the multitude of, of my feelings and thoughts are swirling around, um, and my heart is is, is in a, kind of in an uproar. God's consolations delight my soul. I think, you know, righteous Lot, who felt his soul being tormented every day as he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a trip with my wife for our anniversary last week, and we were in Oregon to attend a wedding, and we drove to the airport. We saw we had a three-and-a-half-hour drive, and, and we saw a rainbow, a real rainbow, yeah. in the sky. It was raining a lot, and we saw a rainbow, and Angela pointed it out and said, look at that beautiful rainbow. And I said, we need to reclaim the rainbow because it belongs to God. And, you know, the rainbow and the womb belong to God. And why, you know, why, what, what happened is we were uh, driving and almost every underpass either had an American flag on it or it had the pride flag on both sides. And it was like, uh, it was like an affront every time. Like here, yep. it's in your face. And, and I'm just saying, I'm going to say it this way, you know, and by the way, Psalm 138 verses two and three, you, to God, you have magnified above all things, your name and your word. And you're, you're the king over all. And Jesus, in, in John 8, uh, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There's freedom in Christ. There's forgiveness in Christ. But there's no room in Christ to condone or celebrate sin. Absolutely. Jesus never did that. And so we want to love all people. We want to be truthful. Um, and I, I just want to say this before I dive into the list. It's not like well-meaning and sincere Christians are looking for a fight. Absolutely. I didn't want to do this topic today, but I, it, I feel compelled to do it because so many people even ask, how do I respond to Pride Month? Um, and we shouldn't you know, stick our heads in the sand and, or just go along with what pagan society says is good. It's like, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And again, we're not pointing the finger at anybody, but we do have to call it out and say, look, this is wrong. You know, Loving Christians are often called hateful, aren't they? All Uncaring, time. close-minded. All the time. And if you dare to speak in the public debate or you question something that until a short while ago was almost uh, universally agreed upon as sin. Yeah. Right. So I, I take this, listeners, I please know. And especially if you are, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to tear this apart because I totally disagree with these guys or I disagree with Mike. Look, um, all I can say is everything I'm about to say for the best of my abilities, based on scriptural t- truth and what God says, it's not based on my feelings. So if I were to see, about to see a train wreck happen, <laughs> or I knew beforehand that some nefarious plot to ruin people's lives was afoot, I would be duty-bound to warn those in danger. And that's really, Absolutely. you know, and, and when I say to my wife, we must reclaim the rainbow because it belongs to God, I, I mean it with all my heart. Uh, we'd been driving for two hours at that point and had passed under so many overpasses with pride flags. 
And it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm a butterfly that can't handle seeing something and, and oh, I'm, I'm so oppressed by those flags. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. the rainbow has been conspicuously hijacked for personal, political, and other purposes. Absolutely. And so we need to reclaim it. So I think yeah. if I can interject something Absolutely. that I, I constantly remind myself and, and on several occasions where Connor and I have discussed stuff like this in culture, especially youth. We talk about youth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I need to constantly remind myself that it's important not to be offended or shocked mm-hmm. when the world behaves like the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Christians, I think sometimes we can, and it's like <laughs> the world is just doing what the world knows how to do, and that's that's sin, and find more ways to sin, and yes. that's where the compassion and the love you're talking about comes in. And it's not that we're trying to, you know, kick them while they're down or or be intentionally abrasive. Um, you know, we're not browbeating anybody, but the truth is important. And the, 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 the truth when, when done well and tied with compassion and love is one of the most powerful things that, that you can, you can tie yourself to. Yes. You know, so no, let's, okay. So we're going to do eight things. We're going to do eight things. And, and, you know, the question of what has changed with the world, I think one of the things just real quick before I get into this list, I keep on, keep on preempting it, but. Um, one of the things is we, we've got to address these things compassionately and lovingly and truthfully. But what has changed? Well, we bought the lie wholesale that truth isn't important and feelings drive. So now we're talking, I've got an app on my phone uh, called All Trails. And they said, hey, we want to make sure that you dive in with us on this because all trails need to be safe for the LTBQ uh, plus community, yeah. LGBT uh, Every time sorry, I turn around, they add more letters and numbers. And I know. It's hard to keep up yeah. with. But I, I just like, and I'm doing it by memory, people. Sorry. But look, it, the fact that we have to have a, all these terms now that are new terms. These are not historical terms. But All Trails is saying this and every big company, right? So let's just dive in. We're going to have eight things, how a Christian can respond. And again, if you're not a believer, we're not expecting you to act like a believer, okay? We want you to trust in the Lord Jesus and, and be saved and let God do whatever changing in your life Amen. Uh, he wants to do. Um, but we are going to stand opposed to groups like Erdman's who say, here's six books that we have published that are really, by the way, they say, oh, these are so good and so scripturally based. They are condoning and celebrating sin. Yeah. And that must be called out. But let's go ahead. First, what do we do? The first response of a Christian is to prayerfully respond, seeking God and asking him what, according to his written word, is the correct response. So seriously, uh, pray. Secondly, corresponding to your prayers ought to be a searching of the scriptures. What did believers in those days do in response to blatant sin being paraded before their very eyes? And again, what's changed is people say, but this isn't sin. You can be a Christian and do all these things. Mm -hmm. No, uh, it's not true. It's not biblically solid. Um, One can think of Sodom and Gomorrah. One can think of Nineveh. One can think of first century Rome. (laughs) One can think of first century Corinth and other pagan cities that delighted in the misguided attempts to destroy the image of God. So uh, go scriptural on this. Okay, so prayerfully, scripturally. Third, we must exercise self-control. And this is key. We have to let God be the judge. And we have to be careful that our choices as we decide how to think, speak, and act in the face of oftentimes blatant evil, but other times evil being perpetrated by people who otherwise are well-meaning and just looking for acceptance, I, I think we certainly should never respond with hate. 
Now, your love might be called hate, but I'm saying we should never be hateful. Actual vindictive, almost revenge. Like, it's not our place to take revenge or anything like this. Like, it's not, God has not called us to do that work for him. No, no. We certainly should not respond um, with hate. And and also, we shouldn't respond with nothing, okay? Mm-hmm. When, when something is bold or broadly brushed as Pride Month is forced, you know, foisted upon us, uh, it seems every major corporation has probably changed its logo to a rainbow. Uh, not to declare God's covenant promises would be a travesty for believers. So, and again, by the way, uh, these corporations are changing their, their logo to a biblical symbol, not to declare God's covenant promises, but to declare man's autonomy from God. Um, so they're promoting something they think is going to help earn them more money, is what they think, because public opinion has changed. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. You look at all these companies, yes, and they do not change their symbols on their social media and their advertising campaigns in the Middle East, where this is not culturally acceptable. Right, right. They are doing it yes. where they know or where they think it's going to increase their bottom dollar. Yeah. So, again... The irony, of course, in all that is it's not something that they themselves necessarily care about one way or the other. For them, it's just an opportunity to make some more money because as soon as June is over, on to the next thing. Boom. Yeah, exactly. So isn't that interesting? So they're emboldened to celebrate sin in the U.S. or any other country that that is okay with it, but not in the countries that's not okay with it because, again, it's going to be what can can make us the most money. It turns out it's not always the case, by the way. That's another discussion for another day. But some people lose... uh, money because they go with a cause that mm-hmm. isn't popular. But the topic before us today, you know, how should we respond to Pride Month? So prayerfully, uh, according to searching the scriptures, exercising self-control. Fourth, engage all people with the gospel. So yeah. not judging, but be truthful and engage, not with you should change the way, you, you know, you identify yourself, but you should believe in Jesus. Amen. So we need to reach our culture with the gospel and we don't pick and choose who we're going to relationally engage with. Like, oh, and, but by the way, a lot of Christians do this and we all do. We profile. We're so good at it. I don't want to talk to that person because of this, that, and the other, right? Or we just assume things. Yeah. We, we make, yeah. we make those quick judgment calls and come to find out that person you thought was super intimidating is actually just a big old teddy bear. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And then we, so think about it. We, we make a choice between who we're going to relationally engage in with and who gets to hear the life changing gospel truth by our sinful you know, delineation. No. Okay. Number five. And, and this is not a catch-all cop-out, but absolute truth. You must trust, every Christian must trust the sovereignty of God and his providential orchestration of all things. So think with me. God knew before the foundation of the world that we would be here today. Mm-hmm. And we would like to think um, that God has a preferred outcome in mind because it's true uh, it would be exactly as he stated it, mm-hmm. to save and sanctify as he wills and um, and to judge those he has marked out beforehand for destruction. But we have to have that in the conversation. People can indict God all they want, try to change the meaning of what he said, but it's very clear what he meant. It's very good when we could admit it. Um, mm-hmm. We must not sit, you know, like Jonah on the hills above Nineveh and just look down at the valley hoping that they get what's coming to them, right? No. Uh, we need to be much more like the Apostle Paul, yeah. willing to spend and be spent for the souls of image bearers and wanting to become all things to all people in order to win some to Christ. Yeah. Doesn't mean we doesn't mean we condone or celebrate sin, but 
We want to be like the Apostle Peter, right? Who says, be ready always to give an answer for the hope that's within us with meekness and reverence, uh, that our love for God and others would grow, that there would be a real sacrificial choosing love on our part built on the bedrock of God's sovereign choosing love. I think yeah. that, that's going to be huge for us. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, too, thinking about what you referenced earlier, too, about you know, giving the gospel to people, you know, mm-hmm. without without any kind of, of predisposed notion about who should and shouldn't receive it, and, and and making sure the gospel goes out to to these people. And I, I think of um, something a, a mentor and of mine and I would talk about frequently about how you know it's it's not our job to fix people up or clean them up. We're not telling people clean their lives up and then come to the Lord. It's you know, I think there's a reason Jesus chose to use the term fishers of men, mm-hmm. you know, because with fishing, you don't clean the fish first and then catch it. <laughs> you know, Lord says, no, come to me and I'll clean your life up. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why with anything else, it has to be the gospel first. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like if we're addressing sin should be confronted as believers, we need to absolutely make sure that we say we cannot abide by this mm-hmm. um, because our God is holy. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other end, our goal shouldn't be to try to fix and remove sin from someone's life first and then give them the gospel. Yes. As if somehow that's going to make them more receptive to the gospel. If anything, I found in my life, it tends to make people less receptive to the gospel because they think they're starting to become a better person. Yeah. And they're more likely to think, oh, maybe I don't need the gospel because my life's doing pretty good now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's keep going. Uh, number five, that would be um, trust the sovereignty of God and his providential orchestration of all things. Number six, this is a really general one that applies to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. By the way, since it's on my mind, you talk about fishing. The best thing about fishing is catching, cleaning, and eating. 100%. <laughs> anyway, okay, so six, the general one that applies to many things. Don't judge the church, and don't judge those outside the church. Uh, now, here's the interesting thing, because we don't know what's in their hearts. And yes, you can try to judge with righteous judgment, be fruit inspectors and all of that, but mm-hmm. still, you don't know what's in someone's heart. And some of the broad brush things that all of us say are not so much helpful as they are harmful to relationships, and sometimes... To biblical truth. So we have to remember what we said before. This is built on the bedrock of God's sovereign choosing love. His sovereign choosing love, by the way, is with full knowledge of everything about us. Our uh, sacrificial choosing love is with a, tr- a, a trusting dependence on God who knows all things and, and would condescend to save guilty, hellbound sinners and rescue them out of the fire. And, you know, what we need to do is say, okay, with mercy in our eyes and with love in our hearts, Go and, and do likewise and, 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 and love all people. So, again, doesn't mean you have to condone, condone uh, or, or, or celebrate, but certainly not condemn either. Yeah. So I would not be in favor of going out and you know, picketing Pride Month. No. What am I going to do in Pride Month? I'm going to do all these things. And I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to. There are a few apps I've taken off my phone that I just don't want on my phone anymore. Because sure. there are some businesses I'm not going to give my money to because of it. But for example, here's here's a toughie. Amazon is big on this. Mm-hmm. But I'm buying gospel books from Amazon. You know what? I'm yep. fine with buying gospel books from Amazon at a good price. Okay? Yeah. And again, that's just a choice I'm making. It's kind of like meat sacrifice to idols. What do you do? Well, I'm not buying into their agenda. 100%. I'm buying gospel books from them that are ratcheting up the sales of, of Christian books. You know? Sure. Anyway. I just bought, you know, uh, I think a hundred, almost a hundred books for Father's Day. By the way, at Grace Church of Orange on Father's Day, okay, we're giving away uh, R.C. Sproul's book, um, Everyone's a Theologian. We're giving Justin Benj's book out, um, uh, 
the loveliest place about the church, giving out uh, copies of um, the Family Worship Bible Guide. Okay. Bought them all, and another and another book too. And I'm, I'm giving we're giving them all away, and we bought them all off Amazon. Well, now I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, well, one one per person, by the way. <laughs> I'm lucky if I have time to read one book, so don't worry. There you go. Okay, so uh, seven and eight, number seven and eight, and then we'll recap them all. But seven and eight, don't, seven, don't buckle under pressure and say things you will f- regret. Mm. Kind of a, aligns with that self-control thing, okay? That's one of those fruit of the spirit, isn't it? Very <laughs> so that could be also not saying something, okay? Yeah. Oftentimes there are things that should come out of our mouth that don't, but we should speak truth. Sometimes there are things that shouldn't come out of our mouth that does come out of our mouth. We talked about this on Friday morning recently. <laughs> Uh, yeah. any, any of the married guys know that one. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, so don't cave into social pressure. Don't feel like you have to say something yeah. or feel like you have to agree with everybody. It's just, you know, we must agree with what God says in the Bible, not our version of it, not some twisted substitute, not some weak rendition that's shaped by a satisfied fallen mankind, but the unadulterated bare word of God on the subject matter. God meant everything he said. Amen. Don't buckle under the pressure. Don't say things you're going to regret. And number eight, this is the last one we'll give today, but... Don't run from the rainbow. Reclaim it. And like I said that earlier, I said to my wife, uh, you know, we need to reclaim the rainbow. It's really easy when you don't agree with someone or something to avoid them and almost ignore them. Yeah. As if they didn't exist, but they do. And so you might save yourself some heartache, but you're going to probably end up thinking about them a lot more if, uh, than if you handle it straightforwardly. Like just to this topic, you know, last time I checked, um, none of us were being asked our opinion in the public square very often, except sometimes it comes up. Yeah. But as a pastor, I'm asked quite often how Christians do respond to this and a host of other things. And I would just lastly say, don't run from the rainbow, reclaim it. What do you mean by that? What I mean is, and not, you know, put rainbow, uh, like uh, personally, I've never been a big fan of rainbows. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's not unicorns, like going to Unicorns and rainbows, you know? <laughs> no, but it's like, but what I mean by that is highlight the covenant promise, promises of God. The rainbow symbolizes scripturally that God set the bow in the cloud that he would never destroy the world again by a flood. Amen. But he has promised to destroy the world by fire. fire. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. And and that is not something we're going to gloat over or throw in people's faces, but it is something we should warn people about and say, look, um, this is going to happen. God has made his covenant promises and they are unchanging. Mm. And so reclaim that by speaking the truth. And so let me run through these really quick. Uh, First, respond prayerfully. Respond by searching the scriptures. Respond by exercising self-control. Respond by engaging all people with the gospel. Respond by trusting the sovereignty of God and his providential orchestration of all things. Uh, Respond by not judging either the church or those outside the church. Uh, Respond by not buckling under pressure or saying things you'll regret. Make sure you say what you need to say. And then lastly, don't run from the covenant promises of God. Don't run from the rainbow. Reclaim it. Highlight the covenant promises of God in your life as you give your testimony. Um, And then just live your life. You know, these could all be applied to pretty much every, you know, the gun control debate or the, the gun violence debate or abortion debate or political views. It could be applied to so many different things yeah. in life. But uh, this is my response to Pride Month. I'm not going to be out there yelling at people, but I am going <laughs> to lovingly bring the truth. And I'll bring it to bear most 
in the in the realm that God has given me, which is preaching the, the word to the church. And as I preach the word to the church, that's for the church. I'm not out on the street corner saying this. I could be, but I'm saying this to the church so that they will respond well. Well, let's let's be real too. It's it's an issue that the church struggles with too because we have more and more families are affected by this. I know just off the top of my head, um, I can think of two or three families with several kids um, throughout my history of doing junior high and high school ministry who now have kids who are you know completely engulfed in this ideology. One of which I can think of right now who is trying to uh, crowdfund their surgeries to you know have. Uh, things rearranged and replaced, how they, they feel uh, more inclined to live in their authentic body as, they, as their, their language. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it is important for this to be talked about in the church um, cautiously and carefully, um, but as well, because it's, it's like you mentioned, you, we, we do no one any good by hiding our heads in the sand, yeah. and we do no one any good by going out and browbeating people either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the greatest mistakes, at least that happened to, to my generation I can see is there was a lot of parents who thought if they just didn't talk about it and didn't address it, their kids would be fine. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now kids are leaving the home. Sure. And it's like, hold on a second. It's, it's, it's not working out as well as I think a lot of people hoped, unfortunately. Um, and, and so I, I would end, I guess, on a question for you, Mike would be how would you encourage or what would you have to say to maybe believers who find that they are struggling with homosexual temptation? Because mm-hmm. we understand it is a sexual sin um, in, in the same way that struggling with any other lust is a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you, what would you have to quickly say to some of those, those men or women that are struggling and need encouragement or what would you share with them? Okay, that's a good question. I would first say run to Christ and Christian community. Amen. Okay. Oftentimes people will say, well, I must be part of a different community and then go into a community that's going to tell them, hey, well, what you're feeling is exactly right. No. Run to Christ and Christian community. And I would say, secondly, um, tell yourself the truth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tell yourself the truth from Scripture. And then third, I'd say, make sure you get some help. Sure. Okay. Now you can say, well, I'm getting help in the Christian community. I mean... Get some specific help, okay? Um, go talk to a Christian that is is going to give you really solid biblical advice. So Amen. run to Christ and Christian community. Tell yourself the truth and get some specific help. Um, Jesus forgives and heals. Jesus doesn't condone or celebrate any sin. And a lot of people say, why are you camping out on this one? Well, because... There's no other month but Pride Month going on right now that's getting forced into our faces. Yeah. And we're being told, you just need to listen and learn. Yeah. Instead of um, what Christians should be doing, listen to understand and give the truth. Amen. Okay. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to close it there. And uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, until next time, uh, engage in life uh, in, with the ordinary church as you serve an extraordinary God who does extraordinary supernatural things for his glory. Uh, So see you next time in the podcast.